Well, let me open in prayer, and um, we will just get started. Lord, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you hear our prayers. Thank you that you not only hear them, but we can pray. What a, what a privilege, what a blessing that you've established prayer, that we can come to the maker and creator of the universe, our own creator, and um, we can ask for what we need, and that you put on our hearts what we even need to pray for. It's, it's all about you. Lord, I pray that today would glorify you, give us ears to hear the truth and hearts to receive it. And um, Father, I just commit our time to you, and um, may you be greatly glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, let me, uh, if you have your phone on, if you could silence it or turn it off, that would be great. And um, remember, it doesn't, even if you're up front, if you need to leave the room for early or need to leave the room for other things, that doesn't bother me. And um, so that's great. Yes, ma'am? Oh, there is a, re Bobby, that's perfect. There's a, just go through the store. We, I forget about that restroom back there. So feel free if you need to get up. Um, we may use all of our time today because we've got some really great things. We have got uh, Amy Lively, who, as we know, is a speaker and author in my neighbor as well. And just love her. And so basically today, let me tell you what we're doing. It's called the practice of prayer. And so the purpose of today is, is to talk about, well, how do some people pray? We are not in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I want to make this really clear. We're not saying, and this is the way you should pray too. We're just saying, Amy's going to share. Sally's going to share. Our our. Clearview Prayer Warrior is going to share. I'm going to share a little bit if there's time, <clears throat> but we're just going to share how we pray. That's not to say this is how you should pray. We're just being transparent and saying this is a way that God has led us to pray, and you might find some things that you like, but I want you to consider it like a buffet. You know, I love this and this not so much, and so that's what we're going to do today. Um, so don't feel that, that we're saying this is the only way to pray because there are going to be very different ways here today. Um, I want to recap real quickly what we've already talked about in our other sessions. Uh, the purpose of prayer is to know God. I hope that y'all have been challenged by that to get into God's word and seek to know him and to pray and talk to him according to what you find in the word of God about the truth of God. Um, I know that has totally changed my prayer life. Um, the second session was on uh, the power of prayer, praying his word. If you haven't done that, oh my gosh, um, that's life-changing. Sally's really going to bring that to light for us. And I'm, I, I've only heard bits and pieces about Amy, so I can hardly wait to hear what she's going to tell us. I, I'm, I can't wait. I'm so excited about both of my friends. Um, and then the third session was on worry. I know none of you worry, but if some of you do, we talked about that. <laughs> and uh, how we should talk to God and not to ourselves. We should not worry. We should pray, right? And then the peace of God that passes all understanding guards our hearts and minds in Christ when we pray. And so today is the practice of prayer. So I'm going to go ahead and let Amy get started. And then if we need a short break in between her and Miss Sally. Uh, and pray for us today as we share. I, just as a reminder, um, I'm a speaker. Amy's a speaker. Sally's not a speaker. You know, a speaker in quotation marks. That doesn't mean we're not human. And so pray for us. Pray for Miss Sally. And pray for that we just glorify the Lord today. Thanks, girls. All right, are we on? And you got the recording all figured out? 
Yes. Okay. Do you awesome. Pass those out, or are you going to? Yeah, you do that. Okay. Great. Okay. So I'm Amy. Great to meet you. I met Elizabeth today, and I have to tell you something special about your shirt that you're wearing. So I have a shirt like that. It's called a cold shoulder shirt with the, the shoulders cut out. They're super cute. I bought it at Target. I went to Target in Parker on a really hot day because I was overdressed coming from the mountains into Parker, and I was looking for something cooler to wear. And then this really cute tank top on the, on the rack, and so I tried it on, fit great, bought this tank top and, and wore it for a couple months. And it had a sash in the back of it that you, you, know, you tied behind the back. Super cute. And I wore that tank top for months, and then one day I was putting it on, and I was just really struggling to get it on, and all of a sudden, my arm came out a sleeve, and I had no idea that a sleeve was there. The sash was the arms, and I kept thinking, well, these arms, why do they make the sash so bulky, you know? And so it was the arms, and I laughed until I cried cried that I had been wearing this shirt wrong for all this time. And so now, whenever I get dressed, I'm like, do I have these jeans on right? I had to just question everything I do now. But, but it's a now, it's actually, it's a two-for-one shirt. And so if you get hot later on, you just stick your arms out through that hole and tie that in the back, and you are done. Isn't that awesome? That's, that's just me. That's just how I am. So just so you know what, what you're listening to today, like somebody who doesn't even know how to put their clothes on right. So... So can everybody, if I stand right here, can everybody see the screen and everything? So I have been studying what I'm going to share with you today for about 10 or 11 years. And I have never taught it in this fashion. So y'all are like guinea pigs and I'm just going to blah, like just dump on you 10, 11 years worth of study and just pray that it makes sense and it comes into something that's useful for you. So if this is a message that's being refined um, and a teaching that I am still learning more about every single day. And so, um, as Debbie has been teaching us, you know, how to pray and the power of prayer, I kind of think we need to know who we're praying to. Who are we praying to? And, and also, that helps us then in what we're praying about. And so, I have found a method of prayer that works for me to help me always pray into the will of God. And it encompasses all my prayers. You know, what house to buy and who to date. Well, that's for my, my daughter, not for me. Um, like, you know, uh, where to go, what to do, how to be, you know, a different diagnosis, the crisis prayers, the daily prayers. This method of praying helps me to ensure that I am praying into the center of God's will when I lift up my voice to him. So when Jesus' disciples asked him, teach us to pray, just as we have been asking him, teach us to pray for the last six weeks now, he told them, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so that's the Lord's Prayer. We've all heard it many, many times. It's from Matthew chapter 6. But Jesus told us to pray, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so before we can live and pray in the center of God's will, we need to know who God is and how he made us in his image. And then we can figure out how to bring his will to earth as it is in heaven. And I call this as above, so below. 
as above, so below. And that's actually how the message paraphrase translates the, or presents the Lord's Prayer, you know, on earth as it is in heaven, as above, so below. And I just think that's a beautiful phrase that helps me to remember that I want to live here below on earth as God is in heaven, as who he is and how he is and how he interacts with us in, in this daily life. And so God in our scriptures is represented by the Trinity. And the Trinity means three united. I might have to switch over here so I can see my, make sure we're on the right picture here. So the Trinity means three in unity. And you can see the Trinity throughout the Bible. There are many, many scriptures that, that bring the, the, all pieces of the Trinity into one passage. Um, here is one for you that is from 2 Corinthians Wait a minute. There we go. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Um, the back of your sheet is blank if you want to write notes on it. The front, we are going to be filling in everything. So I'm just telling you that before we get started if you're a... Um, if you like to keep everything organized. So this verse says, The grace that comes through our Lord Jesus Christ and the love that is of God the Father and the fellowship that is ours in the Holy Spirit be with you all. So there's just one example of a verse that has all the pieces of the Trinity in it. So you can see even in this verse, sometimes the word Lord and God are used for any part of the Trinity or all parts of the Trinity together. But we're going to kind of break it down and look into the three different pieces of the Trinity that are mentioned here. And that's the Father, the Spirit, and the Son. And so God the Father is represented by a crown. And so on your worksheet right here, you can under where um, in the top left, write the word Father, and then draw a crown any way you want. Here's a, here's a picture of one. And then in the field right beside it, Write those key words. They're hard to see here. Kingdom, power, and glory. You can, you can see enough on here to see where to put these fields. Um, so kingdom, power, and glory. And that is the Father. And when I draw a crown, I, I draw this in my Bible whenever I, whenever I find it. I just do something like this. Three things and then a cross. Real simple. Real, I mean, you can be elaborate. You can be super simple. But draw a, a picture of a crown that represents the Father. And... I try to remember some key words for each piece that we're going to talk about today, and I'll share them with you. Kingdom, power, and glory is what we use for the Father. So something important to remember is that these, this is not an all-encompassing list. There is so much more to God we could just talk about forever and ever and ever, and we will in eternity. These are just three key words that help me in my prayer practices. Um, there's overlap between the Father and the Spirit and the Son and us as well. I mean, because you can't separate the, the Trinity, so there's overlap. Um, and I'm not saying that this is an exhaustive list or an all-inclusive list. Just a couple of key words to help us keep track in our prayer. So, um, so the key words for God the Father, top left of your, of your paper there, are the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And so the kingdom reminds me of our Father as an inventive creator who made the earth and everything in it. it is a, he is a king who can be trusted because he is righteous and just. He made us, and therefore he has the right to rule us. And this is the... The, the hideous scheme of evolution to remove God from his role in creation so that we can ignore his rule over creation. But acknowledging him as king gives, 
acknowledges his authority and his superiority and his right to rule over us. And we can trust him to rule because he is such a good, good king. The next word is power. As our king, God only uses his power for our good. And so power recognizes his sovereign control over everything and everyone and every circumstance in our life. And then the glory is to praise God for his praiseworthiness. So anytime as we're reading about the character and nature and the reputation of God, that he is long-suffering, patient, slow to anger, that he is, embodies love, this is all for his glory. This is the character of who God is as our Father. So Father, a crown, kingdom, power, and glory. Everybody with it? Okay. The next way that God represents himself to us is as the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And I represent the Spirit with a dove. And the way I draw this in my Bible, so put this in the next um, cell underneath Father, write the word Spirit, and then draw a dove. Here's how I do it. Try to make it a little flat so it doesn't look like McDonald's golden arches, but just like this. The real simple, little, like, little child's drawing of a, of a bird. Just a real simple little dove drawing. And then the key words to write beside that are renew, reveal, and remind. Renew, reveal, and the mind. So the Holy Spirit's role in the Trinity is to renew. He makes all things new. He transforms us. He conforms us into the image of Christ. He raises the dead into new life. So the Holy Spirit renews. He also reveals John 16 says, he will guide you into all truth. He will glorify Christ, for he will take of what is Christ and declare it to you. So he reveals God to us in every aspect of our life. And then he reminds us of what is right and true. He's called our counselor. So imagine if you've ever seen a counselor or um, you wish somebody would. <laughs> he is our counselor who... <laughs> who just whispers that great advice into our conscience as we let him and as we listen. So the Holy Spirit renews, reveals, and reminds. Okay? Could I say something? Yes. The bird. Yeah. When Jesus was baptized Mm -hmm. by John, the Spirit descended on Jesus Mm -hmm. like a dove. Yeah. I think that's a good good comparison. Thank you. I've got to say also that my dad made all these images for me because he's a really good artist. And so um, he did this. Okay, so you're filling out. This is called a rubric. A rubric is a term I did not learn until my daughter was in high school. And so in, in school they would get this rubric, which is like a big chart of how you have to do your assignment to get all the possible points for it. I love that. I didn't know I was a rubric girl until she brought home one from like biology class. So this is called a rubric that we're filling out today. And by the end of the day we'll have it all filled out and you will actually understand it and be able to explain it to somebody else. And then it's being recorded. So, okay. So, the next part of the Trinity is the Son. The Son. And the Son, of course, is Jesus Christ. And this is represented by a cross. So, very simple, just cross. So, on your handout, on the third row down, write the word Son and draw a cross. And then the key words to remember the Son, real simple the way, truth, and the life. The way, the truth, and the life. So, 
As Jesus Christ the Son, represented by the cross, Scripture says, Colossians 1.15, He is the visible image of the invisible God. So he is God in the flesh, fully God, fully man. He's the way, the truth, and the life. If you have seen Jesus, then you have seen the Father. And so the way I remember this in my prayers is that Jesus is the way, giving us an example to follow. He said, love others as I have loved you. Do unto others as I have done unto you, not as you want to do unto them, not as they have done unto you, but he is the way. We can look to Jesus for how to respond and react in every situation life throws at us. He is also the truth. Everything about Christ is true. Everything he reveals is true. He gives us a solid foundation upon which to build our lives. And then to know him is to have eternal life. Jesus said, what is eternal life? To know me and the one who sent me. So Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. So Father, Spirit, Son, just three key words about the Trinity. So the Trinity is actually the Trinity plus one. And I'm not revealing some great new theology here that you've never heard today, but the Trinity is alive and active in the world today through the church. And so the church, that scripture actually says, the grace that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the God the Father, and the fellowship that is ours in the Holy Spirit be with you all. So you all, that's the church, that's us today. So through the church today, Ephesians says that the, through the church, the manifold wisdom might, of God might now be know, made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. That's actually the purpose of the church today, to reveal God to all of the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And here I thought church was to feed me. You know, I thought church was where I hang out with my friends and did some great Bible study and sang some pretty songs. But turns out that the purpose of the church is actually much bigger and more important and more glorious than that. That when we come together as a body, we are showing off to all of the witnesses in heaven and on earth the manifold wisdom of God. Manifold means many layered and many, many parts to the wisdom of God. So I represent the church with this symbol. Uh, it's called the ichthus, is the name of it in Greek. So on your handout in the bottom left corner, write the word church, and then draw this little fish symbol. And then the key words for church to put in the, in, at the bottom, that second column, are bodybuilding. Bodybuilding. So first let me tell you about the ichthus. Um, It's a Greek word, simply means fish. And so as early as the first centuries, it was a code that believers could use, like put it on their bumper stickers on their chariot, to let other people know that it was safe to talk about their faith without becoming Colosseum bait. And so this was the secret symbol of the church now. And now we just put it on plumbing trucks and stuff. So so the key words for the church are body building. And so what this means is that the church is a body of believers. We all come together with our different gifts and talents. We're all of, uh, of different strengths and different levels of maturity. But we come together as one body to be the hands and feet of the Trinity in the world today. And then the church is for building, for building. It is not a building. The church is for building up of the bodies of believers until we all come to maturity in Christ, is what it says in Ephesians. So the church is for building us 
up and for building the body up individually um, as, as we sit as individuals in our, in our chairs, um, as a congregation, like here at Clearview, in our community, as a bigger church in, in the world in general, as the church with a capital T. So the church is not a building, a sacred place where you can't drink coffee or tell people how you really feel. It is not a time on Sunday morning. It is an organism. It is not an organization. So the church is how God is, um, is, is alive and active and how people find the Trinity in today. So everybody with me, Father, Spirit, Son, and then today working in the, in the church, the crown, the dove, the cross, and the ichthys, yeah? Can you give us that verse in Ephesians? Uh, the manifold wisdom? Is that the one? Yeah. yeah. The one you just gave. 310. Yeah. Through the church, manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Okay. So church is bodybuilding. Ask questions anytime, please. Okay. So here we have the Trinity. Genesis says all the way back in the beginning, chapter 1, 27, God created human beings in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. So God is a trinity, three united, and we are made to reflect God. We are called a trichotomy, a trichotomy. And so the word trichotomy means three cut apart. Where God is united, we are cut apart. And that is because of the fall. That is because we are not united in ourselves and united with God. With God. We, are, we have been cut apart and warped by, by sin and by the fall. And so you see the trichotomy of man throughout the Bible, but here's one verse with all three aspects that I'll show you in Mark. Sorry, it's Luke. Because when I looked at Mark, that wasn't it. It's Luke. <laughs> the slide is right. Um, Luke 10, 27, it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and all your soul, and all your strength. And so we're, now we're going to look at how these parts of us, heart and soul and strength, are a direct reflection of the Trinity. And so this is where the rubric comes in really handy because they, they line up parallel so that we can see how we are made in the image of God. And so I'm going to define each of them because sometimes the word heart and soul and spirit are kind of used interchangeably, and they can be, um, but I prefer the word heart instead of spirit because we already have the, the Holy Spirit that we've been talking about. It's just a, a way to distinguish. And then um, and soul is something entirely different that, that we'll talk about as well. So your heart, and put this on your chart in the third column, write the word heart and then just... Y'all know, y'all know it. Draw a little heart there. Your heart is your innermost part. Like the Father, it is eternal, immortal, and invisible. It, ref it reflects the Father on the same parallel line as the Father because it is the seat of glory and authority. And you can decide if you are going to keep that glory and authority for yourself or if you're going to submit to God as your, as your Father. We have the free will to determine if we're going to be our own little ruler of our own little kingdom, or if we're going to give it all to God. And so this is the heart. We are all, however, born with a heart defect. And so you can write the keywords beside that in the top column. We are brokenhearted or born again. So brokenhearted is the state of each of us when we are born under the fall of, of Adam and Eve and Grandma and Grandpa. 
It is our sin nature that we are brokenhearted, a heart defect caused by sin, which is only healed through salvation. We are brokenhearted until we are born again, and I believe we are either one or the other. There is no in-between. And then born again and adopted as a true child of our Father. And so being born again is simply believing in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, that God is our loving Father. And, um, you know, we all... You know, this, the, what we've all been taught about salvation. Salvation, I believe, happens in the heart. I believe it happens, and it's done. It's one and done. You're saved and signed, sealed, and delivered. Okay? However, that's not the end of our, of our lives with God, and that's not the end of us as, as human beings. So now let's talk about the soul. So the soul, everybody got this on your, on your, on your rubric, third column, top, heart. Brokenhearted or born again. So the next piece is the soul. So on your, on your chart, third row, second down, write the word soul. And I use an eye to represent this soul. Scripture says the, the eye is the window to the soul. And so I just draw, you know, real simple, kind of the football shape with a little circle in the middle. Again, y'all can be elaborate or not. My Bible is just filled with these symbols throughout. Um, and so I try to make it as simple as possible. And also, I'm not very talented. The keywords to remember the soul that you can write in, in that column are, I'll go back to this slide, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, your will, and emotions. So if salvation, or where we're justified, happens at the heart level, the soul level is where we are sanctified. So the soul level is where, you know, we are born with a personality. We're either funny or serious, or introvert, extrovert. <coughs> prone to anger, prone to joy. Um, the soul is, our, is our, also an invisible part of us, but the soul, as it is sanctified and matures and grows, it does change. I used to be bitterly sarcastic and mean-spirited. And hopefully, you'd have to ask my husband and daughter, I have been transformed by that. And so our soul, our personality, it can grow and develop and change, although we will always have the way, the beautiful way that God designed us each individually. So the soul is on the same level as the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit can renew our mind. If you look at the keywords that you've written down, the Holy Spirit renews our mind as we are conformed into the image of God. He can take our thoughts that we, where we have been believing lies and renew us into a spirit of truth. He can take our sin tendencies and transform them and renew them and conform them into the image of God. So he helps us change the way we think about things. The Holy Spirit then also reveals God's will to our will. So again, a direct parallel there where the Holy Spirit reveals God's will. Where Christ said he takes what is mine and he gives it to you. So our will is our dreams, our desires, our wants, our cravings, our lust, and those can be sanctified by the Holy Spirit and conformed into the will of God, where we begin to ask God what he wants, and we want the same thing God wants, and then he can fulfill his will in us because we're directly aligned with his will. And then, ladies, emotions. Anybody? <laughs> I love Zach quoted the other day, emotions make excellent service, but servants but tyrannical masters. Very, very true. 
I think this is especially true for women, but it is equally true for men. I think we're just, um, we just, we're just, I think, more out there with our emotions. But there's nothing wrong with emotions. Emotions are God-given feelings about different situations. What we need to be careful about is that we let the Holy Spirit remind us what is real versus what we feel. So what is real versus what we feel. How we respond to our emotions is what's most important. We can pour out our emotions to God, not to Facebook, not to your best friend. Pour out your emotions to God and be real and honest and authentic and sincere about what you're really feeling and then ask him, what's the truth here? What's real? What am I just overreacting about and what is really real? And what do you want me to do with that? How should I respond and react to what's happening based on my emotion? Jesus was always moved with compassion. So he would see a situation, it would make him angry, it would make him upset, it would um, make him move towards doing something about it. So Jesus allowed his emotions to move him towards the kingdom of God. And so that is our call as well. So the soul, mind, will, and emotions, direct parallel with the Holy Spirit to renew the mind, reveal God's will, and remind us what is real versus what we feel. A lot of times in my emotions, I don't know about you, but I will find that I'm, I'm blowing something way out of proportion, that I'm believing what I want to believe and not seeing the truth of a situation, or that um, I'm just going off on a pity party rant in my mind without seeing the perspective of other people and what might be happening in their lives as well. Okay, so everybody got a soul? Okay, so the next area is strength. And so on your, on your um, rubric, write strength, third column, third down, write the word strength. And then I represent this with a hand, and my hands always look like really crazy lopsided butterflies. So just like five, you know, five things. Sometimes they have four, sometimes they're like a Muppet and they only have three. So just a real simple little hand drawing, but I represent the um, strength with the hand. And then the key words to write in there, go back to this slide, they're actually not in the right order here, so I apologize about that. It should be walk, work, and words. Walk, work, and words. So fill that in, and now I'll show you the direct parallel between Christ. So the strength, just like Christ was the visible image of the invisible God, your strength, how I define it, is the visible actions, attitudes, words, deeds, that represent everything that's going on in my soul and my heart. Jesus said, out of the heart, the, the mouth speaks. So this is what the part of us that's visible to everybody else, just like Christ was the visible piece of the Godhead. So it's everything that we do and say that can be witnessed by other people. And then just like the word God or Lord can represent any or all parts of the Trinity. You might say, Amy came over today, or Amy talked to us today, but I really walked in with my heart and my soul and my strength, all pieces of me represented by just my one name. But it's what you can see about me. And this can be real and true and right, or it can be a complete lie and cover-up, as we see on Instagram and Facebook every single day. <laughs> Susie told me, you're so photogenic, and I'm like, because you don't see everything else that, that doesn't have the right filter that we allow to be out there. So this is what everyone else can see. 
Okay? So the strength is the embodiment of our soul. It's the tangible, invisible form of our ideas and our personality, your will and your emotions as we express them to others. So the tree is judged by its fruit, and a person is known by their deeds, and faith without works is dead. This is the visible, outward expression of who we are. So we walk in the way of Jesus. Our walk includes our secret life when no one else is watching. It's our lifestyle and habits as seen by the world, as measured by Nielsen TV ratings, as counted in our bank balance and on our music playlists. So these are our habits, lifestyles that everybody else can see. And ideally, as we're conformed to the image of Christ, they would be a life of integrity that anybody can see at any time. I just love it that anybody here could pick up my phone at any time and look through every picture, every text, every post, every bookmark, and I have nothing to hide. And any time that I've ever hidden anything, it has been found out. And it will be found out, I promise you. And just a reminder that deleted images do stay on your phone for a long time. So, so. This is, our, this is our walk, and we walk in the way that Jesus modeled. Isaiah says, this is the way, walk in it. We walk like Christ. Our, words then, or our works then must be true. Paul says, and this is from the message, Paul says, let each carpenter who comes on the job take care to build the foundation. Remember, there's only one foundation, Jesus Christ. Take particular care in, in picking out your building materials. Eventually, there's going to be an inspection. The scripture is very clear that our works follow us to heaven. Our works don't save us at all. That happens at the heart level when we submit to God and believe in Christ. But our works are the basis for our reward in heaven. I kind of think that when we get to heaven, not everybody gets the same mansion. And I don't say that as a, as a physical dwelling place. I mean, there's, as on earth, there are levels of responsibility and authority that will be reflected in heaven based on what we have have hesitate to use the word earned, but by what we have demonstrated that we are ready to be responsible within our faith. So the scripture goes on to say, if you use cheaper, inferior materials, you'll be found out. The inspection will be thorough and rigorous. You won't get by with a thing. If your work passes inspection, fine. If it doesn't, your part of the building will be torn down and started over. But you won't be torn out. You'll survive, but just barely. So what Paul's saying there is you don't lose your salvation if you don't have good works. But they are the basis for, for what God can entrust to us here and in heaven. So our works must stand the test of time. They must be true. So do we spend our days on Facebook or face-to-face? -face? Do we spend our time on worthwhile, enduring, important, eternal work? Or are we fiddle-faddling around and wasting our days? So this is our, our works. And then lastly, our words must give life. Scripture is very clear that words have the power of life and death. We talked about it at the woman-to-woman -woman dinner a few weeks ago. So our words includes everything you say and don't say. Paul tells, Peter tells us, sorry, to speak with the very utterances of God, which is a pretty high filter for things that we're going to say. Words cannot be taken back once they've been spoken. They also cannot be added later, no matter how many imaginary conversations we have in our head about things that we should have said. Or maybe that's just me. So, so our words are the third piece of what everyone else sees around us. That's really all anyone knows about us is our, is our strength, what we have let them see through our walk 
and our works and our words. It's our, it's our legacy, it's our testimony. So, everybody got heart and soul and strength? Yeah, Bobby? And, and the scripture you read out of the message. That is from... <coughs> I didn't copy this reference. Yeah, I'll find it for you. Yeah, 13? Like yeah. It is from the message. I'll find so, it for you. I'm sorry. Second Corinthians, it's Second Corinthians 5:10. For must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Yep. Yep. Except Eugene Peterson uses words I understand. Yes. Okay. Okay. So the last piece, just as the Trinity, Father, Spirit, Son, and then working in the church, we are heart and soul and strength, and that command also has another layer to it, and that is the trichotomy plus one. You know the end of the verse, love your neighbor as yourself. So neighbor is represented by a little house. So on your, on your rubric, use the third column, last cell, and write neighbor. And then the keywords to write beside it are love local. And then draw a little house there in your, in your neighbor blog, love local. Mine's real simple, square, triangle on top. That's it. Y'all can be as... as as elaborate as you want. So neighbor, the fourth component is neighbor. It represents our relationships with other people. So it's your marriage, it's your children, it's your parenting, it's your, your parents, it's your siblings, it's your immediate family, it's the person who lives next door, your relationships at church, in your community, and around the world. So neighbor is our relationships with other people. So in its parallel to the church, which is God's outreach to mankind, we were not designed to be isolated creatures. We were designed to be in relationship with other people. It's how God made us. It's how he designed us. It's how he is creating us to be in relationship with him. And it's how he commanded us to both love God with all our heart and soul and strength and also to love others. And then the key words there, love local, were to love others even if they're unkind, even if they don't mow their grass, even if they play their music too loud. And then it's very, very local. And I happen to have written a book on this. <laughs> so on how to love your neighbor without being weird, that I believe that loving our neighbor is not simply sending a check to a missionary board around the world or praying for boys in a cave in Thailand. It is those things also, but it's very, very local. That it's the relationships right around us as well. Trinity, trichotomy, parallels, father to heart, spirit to soul, son to strength, and then church to neighbor. And so I'm going to fill in the rest of this kind of quickly and tell you kind of like a bigger picture of how this, how this works in our lives. So in this next column, and I'm so sorry I didn't make these words bigger on the, on the screen, but, so, but you can see where they are and then I'll, and then I'll tell them. So as we've talked about this at the, at the father, soul level, this is where we are justified. So write that word there. This is where we are justified before God, adopted as sons through the blood of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, that we can stand before him righteous and redeemed in salvation. This is where we are justified at the heart level. And then we already talked about this at the soul level. This is where we are sanctified. So these are big churchy words here, but sanctified means transformed, made new, changed. At the next level, at the sun in our strength, this is where we get to be just like Jesus and we are crucified. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> this is where we are crucified and we lay our lives down and we shed our own blood and our time 
and our money for other people. This is where we are crucified and thinking of others as more important than ourselves and when we use our strength to love and serve other people. And then at the church and neighbor level, this is where we testify. This is where we testify and we tell of what God has done for us in our own lives and in our congregations. So justified, sanctified, crucified, and then testified. You got that? Okay. The next level, I'll read you these words, but so at the top level, Father and Heart, this is where we worship. This is where we just bow in praise and adoration. This is where our heart worships, and we say, Lord, you are, Father, you are my God. I submit to you as king. On the little throne in my heart, you can sit there, and I take myself off. This is where we just purely worship and praise God for who he is, like we talked about in week one of just knowing God for who he is. This is where we worship. And at the soul level, this is where we pray. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray. We pray with all our mind, and we align our wills, and we bring our emotions into that prayer and pour it all out to the God. So this is where this is the area of prayer. And again, I will remind you, I'm not saying that you don't pray with your lips, that it all happens in your mind. I'm not saying that there's overlap in all of these areas, but these are just some key words to remember. But then at the, at the sun level, with our strength, this is where we serve. This is where we serve. This is where we do for others. This is where we help people. It's where we use our words to build up. And then at the church and neighbor level, this is where we have fellowship. And I included this because a lot of times in a, in a church doctrine, I don't know specifically about Clearview, but um, a lot of churches will say, well, what are you all about? We're all about worship, prayer, service, and fellowship. I mean, this is who we are. This is what the body of believers does. This is what Christians do. And this is, this is I believe, how, how we can understand how it works in our lives. Worship, prayer, service, and then fellowship. And then the last column is, um, I'll give you these words. At the top level is theology. Theology. If we just believe God is our Father and we believe in Him, that is a really great, solid, good theology. I'm all for it. We must have it. Understanding from Scripture what is right and true. This is our, this is our theology. But if we leave it up there at the theology level, and we never work it down into every other aspect of our life. It just stays there, and it's kind of cold and hard. However, then we can bring it down into the soul level, and it becomes our identity is the next word, our identity. We know who we are and where we came from and where we're going, and every part of us is aligned with, with knowing that we are God's children. It becomes our identity. It's unshakable and unstoppable, and, and we know we're sealed. And then through our strength, it becomes our activity. It becomes what we do and how we live our daily lives and what other people can see. It's, and it's our activity. And then at the church and neighbor level, that's where we do this all in community. We do it all in community. See, sometimes we strive for community, but we don't know our identity, and we just end up fighting with one another. Or we have community, but it's all online, and we don't really have any activity together other than, you know, clicking likes or sending emails or, or texts. And then sometimes we base our community on theology, and we become very legalistic. And we say, these are the rules, and this is how you do it. But when this is all as a whole taken together, that our theology becomes our identity and works out through our activity, and we do it in community. Oh, my gosh, all of a sudden, we're living as above, so below. 
We're bringing all of this into one picture. We're loving the Lord our God with all our heart and all our soul and all our strength and loving our neighbor as ourself, as he is in the church through his spirit and his son and his father. So does it all make sense in a beautiful picture now, how we are made in his image? So we are made in the image of the unified image trinity of God, but we are cut apart and warped by sin, and yet every day, God kindly and gently, and yes, sometimes a little painfully, transforms us into an image that looks more and more and more like him and who he is. So our primary responsibility as image bearers of God living on this earth today, we have a job, a responsibility, and a vocation, and it is to bring, sometimes by force, the kingdom of God onto earth. It is to bring the kingdom of God into our homes, into our families, onto our streets and our churches and our communities and our, and our world. It is to bring the kingdom of God into earth by, by living as Christ-like, living holy, being blessed, and being a blessing to others' people. So Jesus taught us to pray on earth as it is in heaven, as above, so below. And so now I want to show you how I use this rubric as a template for prayer. And this is where we can stop praying for the right house or the boyfriend or the diagnosis, and we can start praying because God's word does not give us specific promises about those things. And so to pray for specific answers is kind of where we get all wrapped up in, in praying for what we want instead of for what God wants. And so the way I use this as a, as a rubric for praying is, I'll just give you an example from the other morning, is that the Lord woke me up at like 5 o'clock in the morning, and I was not very happy about it. But <laughs> the words on my, on my heart were, wake up, Amy, wake up. And as a mom, probably the second or third thing that crossed my mind was my daughter. Uh, just where is she? What is she doing? How is she doing? What's her day like? And then I started praying, well, Lord, wake her up too. Wake her. Wake us. Wake us up. So those were just the words. And so here's how this rubric then can be used to pray for yourself and then for any other person or circumstance in your life. And I'm trying to decide, should I just pray it? Should I just pray it or should I just speak it? Because then God's going to hear it anyway. So I'm just going to say it as a prayer. So the prayer might begin something like this. Oh, God, you're my father. You're my father, Lord. Thank you for seeing all my needs. Thank you for creating this world with its perfect atmosphere and just the right distance from the sun so that I don't so I can live and breathe and have my being. You are my Father, Lord. I come to you and I sit in your lap like my daddy and knowing that you take care of all my needs, knowing that your rule can be trusted, knowing that I, you have everything I need. It's in your power to give it to me and I trust you to do it at just the right time. Father, I, I, I surrender to your power, but I also seek it and I want that power in my life. And I just give you the glory and the praise for who you are as my daddy, as my father, that you've been so patient with me, so you're loving and kind with me. But Lord, I was broken hearted. And this becomes, for, for the person who is unsaved, you know, it becomes a, a prayer of salvation. But for the person who is already, already justified, it becomes a prayer of confession. And so this is where you say, oh, remember that time yesterday when I really lost my cool? And I may have blown it and I may have said things I didn't regret or I may have just been thinking those things. Lord, I really need to confess that to you and ask your forgiveness for that and ask you to help me to overcome that, help me to make amends, help me to move on from that. So that broken hearted 
hearted peace becomes a time of confession. But then, because I'm born again, it turns right back into a time of praise. Thank you, Lord, that I walk as a new creation today, and I need that today. Thank you that I, no matter what happens to me, I will be before you as your daughter, that I will stand with you in heaven and praise you with the angels. Thank you, Lord, for that, that I am born again in you. And then I can pray to the Holy Spirit and say, oh, Spirit, I need you so to renew my mind. This is what I'm thinking. This is who I am. Spit it all out. This is who I am. Show me, Lord, what is real, what is truth. Show me, Lord, what are your thoughts about this situation. Guide me to Scripture. This is the time to open up your Bible and ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand what God might say about this in your own life. Reveal to me my will and where my will might not be quite exactly what your will is for this. Reveal to me your will and help me to adopt that as my own. Proverbs say, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you the will of your heart. I pray that in two ways. Lord, first, Lord, put your desires in me. Give me, your de- give me the desires of my heart. Like, give me some desires that are right in line with you. And then, make it happen. Make it happen that way. So, align, reveal your will to me. And then remind me. Where am I just off track? Where are my emotions being my masters instead of my slaves? Where in, in my emotions am I uh, being moved by you towards a godly outcome? And where am I allowing my emotions to overcome me and move me towards something that's not going to be good for anybody around me? Did you have something, Bobby? No. Okay. thought it's like an auction. I thought you went. Raise your hand. Okay. And then to Jesus Christ, my Savior. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you came, that you walked this earth with me, that you showed me the way, that in everything you've ever done, I can look to you for the perfect example of how to follow. Show me, Lord, the way I should walk. Show me what I should be doing, how I should be living, what I should be listening to, who I should be, t- who I should be calling. Show me the way that I can walk in it. Thank you, Jesus, for your truth. Thank you, Jesus, that everything you say is true and reliable, and I'm seeking your word, and I'm seeking your spirit, and everything so that I might know the truth. Lord, whatever I do today, maybe it be enduring, may it be worthwhile, may it be something that when I get to heaven, I can stand before you and say, on July 10th, this is what I did. And he says, awesome. <laughs> Help me have works that are true. And then, Lord, your word is life. And everything you said, people were amazed at the gracious words that came out of your mouth. And I amaze people too. Not and not graciousness. So, Please help me, Lord, to speak words that are building others up. Help me, Lord, to, to speak life into situations. Help me to know when to not speak death into a situation. Help me to have the right word at the right time. That's just like a gem to the person who receives it. And then I pray for my church. I pray for my church. I pray for y'all. I pray for the church. I pray for, I'm very closely aligned with several churches and places where I have lived and helped plant churches. I pray for that church. I pray for the pastors and the leaders and the workers there. But I also pray that we would be doing our job to build up the body of believers and sending us out to do ministry into all the world. And then I pray for my neighbors. And this is where my prayers then can go into a long list of people and and circumstances that I'm praying for as I pray for my neighbors. And I try not to pray for the specific outcomes that I might be wanting, but I pray that as they're looking for a new job, that they might have the peace that passes understanding, that they might be a good employee, that they might bring the kingdom of God into the workplace, that they might meet people in this search, that they have an opportunity to testify 
Not that they get to work for AT&T, you know, let God handle the details of that, but I pray that their heart and soul and strength and relationships might be aligned with God's will as in all these situations. And so here I just make a long list of people that I'm praying with, and it begins with my, my husband and my daughter and my parents and my in-laws and my nieces and my nephews and my friends and my neighbors. I pray for my neighbors as myself. And so I uh, have made this into, um, I can remember this pattern and pray through this for for all of these areas. So Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto you. And so I believe that when we pray to God as we are made in the image of God, that we are seeking the kingdom of God first and seeking to bring it into everything that we have. And then he takes care of everything else. He takes care of all of our needs. He knows we need a job. He knows we're, we need healing. He knows that we're sick and that we're hurting, that we, and he knows exactly what we need before we even ask, but when we seek the kingdom of God to bring that into earth, to take care of all the prayer needs all in one. That's all I got. Wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, should I leave this on until anybody has any, any questions? Do you all have any questions for Miss Amy? Show them your beautiful Bible. Oh she gosh. came over yesterday and we visited and she showed me this lovely... I got this new Bible because I'm, I'm reading it cover to cover looking for Father, Spirit, Son, Church, Heart and Soul and Strength. And so mm-hmm. it is, um, it's the English Standard Version, which I love the translation. It's very legible and it's, it's a word for word. It's called the Illuminated Bible. And so it has these wide margins so I can write my own notes. So here's a little eyeball. Here's a little hand for soul and, and strength. It has, it has 350 of these verse illustrations. Sometimes they're whole page like this. And they're all gilded gold, and then it has page decorations. It's so, so beautiful. I just can't wait to get it open. And yet, it's very practical that I can, I can write my own notes. So it doesn't have cross-references or, you know, concordances, all that. I have other tools for that. It's just it is very stunningly, stunningly beautiful. Just really... Um, I just love it. So I love that. Can come pet it if you want. <laughs> Who's, who's uh, the publisher? Crossway is yeah, the publisher. Crossway. And it's called the Illuminated Bible, and they have a couple different cover colors. So for those of you listening, it's called the Illuminated Bible by, uh, it's English Standard Version by... Crossway. Cross, Crossway. And it was affordable. That's like $35. Yeah, $35. It was awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Amy. I think she should write that into a book. Don't y'all? Yeah. That was fascinating that she could do it that quick. Thank you. <laughs> That's many, many years. Uh, that was so amazing. I really, I hope it wasn't overwhelming. And I hope that it's something no, that you can it was so return helpful. to and understand. And, and she, I've noticed she folds her rubric. Now, is that how you, do you unfold it as you pray? Or is that just how you put it in your Bible? Well, it's a little easier to explain <clears throat> if you have it kind of folded like a fan style. So Father, Spirit, Son, and Church. And then you can open up just to show the keywords, you know, kingdom, power, and the glory, and so on. And then you can uncover the next level, and so on. So that's, so do you, you keep just, that in your Bible? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so that's how, that spurs her to pray according to the will of God. I just, I love that so much. Thank you, Amy. Could someone that's strong and young, do we even have anybody like this? <laughs> Bring one of those larger black chairs up here for me. 
I've got this one. Okay, yeah, that'd be great. And thank you. You are young. We're so glad you're here. Yeah, no, no, I do need that one. We need two. Thank you. If you'll just put it on this side. Miss Sally, okay. We'll let you go potty. I'm gonna, anybody else need to take a quick break? I'm gonna put this other mic on, so bear with us a few minutes. Okay, guys, let's, um, let's start sitting back down and... This is show and tell. Okay, if we can settle back down and come back together so we can give Miss Sally enough time here. Can anybody hear me to sit back down? <laughs> Hello? Okay, do what? I do. Let's sit back down. Okay, let's get all serious minded again. That was fun having a little break though, wasn't it? Um, so I wanna tell y'all that, um, are you leaving? <laughs> I guess I don't need two microphones, do I? <laughs> um, Okay, that's for Sally. I want to tell you all how this started. And um, so I don't know if y'all know this, but prayer warriors, and I'm really talking about someone who they, they pray. That's what God has called them to do, and that's what they do. But prayer warriors, and that's different from praying, but prayer warriors are very private people. It's a private ministry. You probably don't. We happen to know, just so happens to know that Sally's a prayer warrior because she sends out our prayer um, request and the prayer chain. So that's the only reason I knew she was a prayer warrior. My guess is long before that started, she was a prayer warrior. You know what I'm saying? And prayer warriors uh, are, are so private that... Um, that's just usually, not always, but usually that's not, they don't want to talk about that. That's, that's not what they've been called to do. And so uh, it really humbles me. It makes me <laughs> cheer up. But I asked Sally, I said, would you mind sharing with me some of the things and ways that you pray? I would love to know personally how you do that. What, what do you do? Isn't that interesting that we could ask her? And so it wasn't with, oh, sure, and not, it was with great humility with, oh, Okay, you know what I'm, do you get my point? I just, this is such a humble prayer warrior. <laughs> and it is, we are blessed. My point in telling you all this is we are so blessed that she's agreed to share what she does. This is a huge treat today that she is coming out for us and sharing her heart. And I spent a few hours at her home. And if you've never been to her home, it's so wonderful with this little little stream and flowers and it's just like going to heaven I think I think it looks a little bit like heaven um, so I'm going to interview Sally are you do you want me to hold this or can you hold that no. I'll hold it I'll, I'll come over here by you we're just going to pretend we're going to kind of pretend that we're at her house <laughs> and um, let's I'm just going to pray for you right now let's do, let's stop and do that Lord thank you so much for Sally Thank you that you called her to this uh, ministry. 
Thank you that she has so much to share with us um, in the way that you have led her to pray. I pray that we would glean from that, that, that we too would be ignited uh, to pray differently, to pray um, that we would just learn things today that would help us in our prayer time. And uh, I just thank you for her. I pray that you would give her the peace that passes understanding right now and that you would enable me to ask the right questions and her to share what's on her heart. You just take charge of us, Lord. And um, thank you for Amy who just shared. Wow, that's incredible, all of those truths. I have to chew on that. Thank you, Lord, for who you are in the spirit. Amen. Okay, my sweet friend. So 20-some-odd um, years ago? Yeah, 20. 20 years ago, she went to a, she and Les, or just you, went to a, what, what was it called? Well, mm, let me start. Okay. Um, Les retired in 98, and we were spending Christmas with our daughter in California. We got a telephone call from our son in Washington that his wife was taking off. And he had a toddler, a little girl. Uh, could we come up and help? So about halfway up, he called and said, don't come. She came back. And so Les said, let's just rest here in Reading and see what happens, you know, for a few days or what. She was going to Japan to become an international interpreter. And she had had this child for Troy. And Troy raised the child for 14 years by himself. So we stopped in Reading. Les had gone into a restaurant and found a flyer of a Baptist church. And he, he said, we can go there Sunday to church. So when we went to church, the pastor announced that the next day they were starting their college classes. And the pastor, for some unknown reason, took real interest in mm. Les and I. And it had been one something on my bucket list that I would have liked to have gone to some classes in uh, Bible school. And so the pastor says, well, you, you can go tomorrow. Wow. So we started the next morning to this class and the, the professor had this book and it's um, I'm just trying to think who it's by it's called the 2959 plan which is like 30 minutes a day to teach you to pray and he t this is Les's book and so it has day these tabs have yeah. days of the week and we were to develop Bible verses um, for people. And I just read mine the other day that Les wrote about me, and I thought, wonder what he meant by that. <laughs> <laughs> out of this, out of this Was book, it the one women should be silent? <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I shows you what I think comes out of my mouth. That's funny. Okay, this is how... I took this book and study and developed this book. This book just kills okay. me. I started crying when I saw it. See if I can show you a little bit of it. Um, 
Okay, here's here's mine. Well, let's your printout, Susan. The first page is what I developed for less. And on Tuesday, I do pray for less. Um, Let me hold this up. Okay. This and, is her book. And at a DPCA banquet one time, they had a speaker, and he had been his hand had been shot in the military, and he couldn't write. So he had taken pictures of his loved ones See and, the picture there? and put it in his Bible. So whenever he came across that picture, he prayed for that. So I developed that for us. Um, on Monday, I pray for myself, of course. Uh, now here, I was going to get Alva's family real oh. quick. Um, now tell us who Alva is. Well, tr as I said, Troy raised this child for... 14 years, and then he met Alva's daughter, and she was my daughter's best friend, and uh, now they got married, and Madeline was Alva's child, or Alva's grandchild, and they had a little boy, and now Alva, Alva and I get to share Trey. Isn't so that that's, fun? <laughs> Isn't that fun? And I didn't know that, this, that they were... We're grandmas. Yeah, grandmas together. Grandmas yeah. and grandmas in laws. Grandmas yes. And this like is their page. Can you guys see Alva Can right I here? See and this is a new one, Bradley. That's both Alva and my great great grandchild. And this is what I developed for them. I chimed myself the other day. I don't think it takes me two minutes to say this. And is this all the word of God? Yeah. It's based it on the developed word. Awful. So you you have some on your handout? Do you have, is it there? Okay. The front page shows you what the professor taught us. The second page shows you what I developed for Les. I only do that once a week for Les. He's on his own the rest of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, Are y'all following this? You found it on your sheet? Isn't that interesting? Look at all okay. the... Now let's go to the next sheet. Um, the next sheet is to show you my prayer journal. It says my journal at the top. Okay. Um, let me read that, Susan. My handwriting, the older I get, the worse it is. I can't. This took probably maybe three minutes to write. And I'll let you be intimate. Look how nervous I was this morning. Dear God, Jesus, and Spirit, thank you for what you're doing, what you're going to let me do to share about my prayer ministry. I ask you to take charge, to give me the right words to say and help me know what to and not to say. Thank you for helping me do an excellent job for you, for them. Please take all my unrighteousness and fill me with your spirit. Help me know what is your will and what is not your will. I pray for calm. Mm. He hasn't given it to me yet. <laughs> <laughs> that my words will come well. And as I get older, my words don't always come well. Mm -hmm. um, and keep the enemy in every way from interfering. May you receive all the honor and glory, not I. Help me show them what you want of, you wanted of me and what we have developed together with your will and my obedience. Thank you again for this opportunity. 
I am excited to be able to do it. May much fruit develop from it and it help more people want to spend time in prayer and time with you and time during the day with you. And he answered me back and said, Sally, my love, you will do well. Remember, you will present your ideas. It is their responsibility to create their own method of prayer. I enjoy them all. Mm. Be of good cheer, for it is I who give you the joy. Take a deep breath before you speak. Inhale my spirit, mm. and through my spirit I will enable you. Go now, my word awaits, as does your day. And he always says to me, Shalom, shalom my love. Mm. And I say, Shalom back, my Father, Jesus, and Spirit. You are my light. Thank mm. you. And then he said back to me, thank you, Sally. Now explain this journal a little bit to, to us. How did this come up, this way of journaling? Yes. I see immediately the alignment in what I shared. Exactly. Exactly. Your words, your strength, and your heart, that your righteousness would shine in yes. and your will to be done. And my Arkansas... Excellent. Did y'all all hear that? It, what Sally was praying is what uh, Amy was teaching us. She prayed in the Father, the Spirit, the Son, the words, the works, the will for the community of believers, which is y'all. And um, it's the same thing. So how did you come about this? Now, we, just so you know, uh, some people journal their prayers. I, I've tried and it doesn't work for me, but she's learned uh, a um, method that that is very interesting, so explain that. I took a Bible study, uh, Joanne Tucker headed it, and it was on boundaries. And I thought, good Christian never said no to anything until I got in that Bible study. Michelle Johnson, some of you may know, journaled, and she would bring her journal and read it to us, and I think, oh, God will never talk to me. He'll never call me his beloved, <laughs> you know, and stuff. But I went home, and I, started and I said, you know, I really want what she has mm -hmm. and I'm just going to sit down here and we're just going to start talking to you and this developed, mm -hmm. you know. This isn't phony, it's just the way he talks to me. And I believe that that is there for anyone, mm -hmm. just anyone that will give their time and attention. Uh, like Amy, I don't appreciate getting woke up at four o'clock in the morning but usually there's a reason. I can spend, no brag, two hours in the morning hmm. and the time does not exist. Right. I'll look up at seven, eight o'clock and it, the time just doesn't exist. Uh, but that was developed over 20 years. Hmm. On the back of uh, this page is a list of our family and I say a prayer. On your birthday, you get a prayer from Grandma, and also maybe you get a card or um, something on Facebook or email. And so I developed that. I thought it might be a good idea. I have a section in here that is for the grandkids, and sometimes God calls my attention to that. And I just have different things in here that I, that I do. Um, what are, on the birthday list, what are the, like the name and then you have something in parentheses? Oh, those are the families. Les and I uh, met when we were 32, and now there's 
Yeah, I mean, when we were 32 years old, that's 43 years ago, and out of that have come about 35 people. Mm. So, if this says Kirsty O'Donnell in, in parentheses, it says Mal, that means that's Les's brother's okay. family. Okay. And so, I've given this list to the kids, and I put that in parentheses so they would know that's Mal's daughter. And gotcha. So forth. Gotcha. Okay? So that's just an idea for you. That's just a birthday prayer that I use. And as you can see, it's not every day. It's just, I have to keep track of, of it. Um, no problem. Anyway, real quick, this is the one I have for my grandkids. Let me hold that one. And there's a prayer over here, and it's by Max Lucado. And I Isn't that beautiful? And I have made and framed that. And believe it or not, one college kid took his to college with him. So it's kind of cool. And I'm not, it's not every day. It's just God will, he tells you, you know, you need to pray for. Um, I will show you what I did. The last time I was here and we were talking about praying scriptures, I said, oh, I forgot that. You know, I thought I was doing pretty good once a week praying for the last so I went home and I dug out this book. And this is from Wyoming. Can you see how ratty it is? And <laughs> Amber and Jean's daughter, I don't think they'll mind me telling me, is in Denver involved in drugs. Our granddaughter, Leslie, is in Denver involved in drugs. So I dug this old promise book out and you can see how I've used it over a period of years. And I developed for, for Sydney and Leslie a prayer. Today I prayed for, for them. Come, let's talk this over. No matter how deep the stain of your sin, I can take it out and make you clean and as freshly fallen snow. Isaiah 1 18. Mm. Before. Debbie presented that last week. I was just praying. <laughs> Kick them in the butt, Lord, and get them home. <laughs> and then I decide, this is a lot, this is a lot more powerful to pray. Yes. Uh, this is what you said. Whatever. Um, I have a daily prayer, prayer list. By the way, Vicki called me, Vicki Morris, um, and her dad's in the hospital. Her mom broke her foot and she's there taking care of them. So I put something like that on a little daily prayer list. Um, Jack and Gail, John and Jack Glantz, Marsha Bickle's recovering. That's just my little daily prayer. And that'll get rewritten in a week or two. We have a friend that died and we're going to see his, her husband this weekend. And um, that's just to remind me to pray for Bob. He's mm. going to be lo lost without her. Mm. She just died suddenly. Um, I belong to Samaritan's Purse. Some of you do that. And they have a little prayer thing. It takes probably 30 seconds. Um, we were handed out this Voices of the Martyrs. Some of you may have, still have that. And whatever day it is, even like the 11th, I go back to one and I say that for those who are missionaries and being martyred. Um, 
Susan and I are Gideon wives. Susan's a lot more active than I do, but I keep up the prayer ministry uh, for less and for the, the Indians. And these are prayer things that takes probably, what, 30 seconds, minute at the most to pray for that person in there. You guys got a taste of the Gideons Sunday. Um, we have some private missionaries that we support. And so I've got these guys' pictures. I, I guess I must be a picture person. And I pray just, you know, God take care of them, help them, Mitzi, um, Elena Huff, and so forth. On um, Sunday, I'm, I'm a great note taker. Uh, even when Debbie speaks, I'm busy taking notes. And then I take those notes back home and pray them. And they're Ooh. all for myself. Now, what an idea. Oh, my gosh. Did y'all all hear that? Even That's amazing. When, I, when he says something, I even insert me in it, you know, rather than what, what he says. I did, I have, uh, this is on the computer, so, but I did make a page for you. Um, on Fridays, we always pray for our nation, our military and stuff. I go to this website, and I put this on here. And it just showed the nominations this morning for the man who's nominated. Now the fight begins. Yeah. <laughs> now and what is the website page? What's the name oh, of it? Oh, it's a presidential prayer team. Okay. The presidential prayer team. And it shows what he does that day or what our Congress is going to do. And um, I don't think I brought it. Yeah, I did. See the devotion here? They have a devotion every day. You guys get to read a lot of those because I copy and paste a lot. They are excellent de devotions. Uh-huh, this is from President And it doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or Republican. Um, the war is the same whoever's in office. The, mm -hmm. the other ones don't like the one who's in office. But we are commanded to pray for our... our Mm -hmm. Congress, and that's why I insist so much that once a week we pray on Friday. Uh, my son-in-law, you're not even asking any questions. No, keep right. going. This is awesome. Isn't this so great? My asked my daughter, is it okay to write in your Bible and becoming a new Christian? He, she says, I guess so. Mom trashes the Bible every couple <laughs> of years. <laughs> I've had a, a Bible... I don't know uh, what year, for a lot of years that I read through in a year. And now I'm addicted. Mm. And I got a new, like Amy, I got a new uh, David Jeremiah Bible. And uh, I see the Old Testament is my obedience. And each morning, mostly, God says, go find my treasure. Oof. He means my treasure. So as I read... And I have, well, I have a guide that takes me through it in a year. Can you guys see that? And I love Dr. Jeremiah's quotes down at the bottom because it's like going, going to college. Because he gives you so much more insight on the war going on, why the war going on. And as Debbie mentioned, we were taught through Bible study to pray the Psalms. How, how many... See how she's underlined it? Rather than writing it down, yeah. she told me when I visited with her, she um, underlined yeah. it, and then she can pray that. Yeah. Thank you that 
like, um, thank you that um, the Lord heard my voice in weeping and my supplication and received my prayer. Let all my enemies be ashamed and greatly troubled. I mean, she's underlying. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. And before that, before we had that Bible study, I thought the Psalms were a poem or a song they sang. I never saw it as something that would help me praise the Lord back with. So now that, now, this is a second go around on this program. You go through the Psalm twice. Proverbs, Psalms is my praise. Proverbs is my wisdom. <laughs> and in the New Testament, I call it as my grace. Hmm. And that probably takes me less than a half hour to, to go through um, my Bible reading. Now what do you want to know? Wow. <laughs> Let's see. Let me just check the time. What, um, what would you, what is one thing, if, if one woman just said, what is one thing you could tell me that you think would be most important as I try to pray more? Do you, is there anything you might well, say? The most important thing is, is my, mine and his presence together. Mm. That's the very most important. And I'm trying now to develop it all through the daytime. You know, not just mm -hmm. that section in the morning. Um, he showed me just recently, you want to go shopping with me? And he showed me just a little, little taste. I was at True Value and I forgot to buy something. And that came to my mind. And I went over and then something else came. Oh, yeah, you were going to look at this. And then I just turned around and said, God, you're a lot of fun to go shopping with. I don't even have to have a note. <laughs> oh, I love that. But he was trying to develop in me to have that all day long. Mm. When I remember something, I'll say, oh, thank you, God. Uh, just different little things like that during the day so that I stay in tune with him. Yes. That's abiding. That's, that's I a picture of abiding. Yeah. I think it's important to my spiritual growth. Uh, I've come a long way. I hope someday I get to tell you guys um, my life story and where I've been and the mistakes I've made. And, but I have to get white-headed before I can do that. We, we have a dinner called Woman to Woman. <laughs> and I'll dye your hair for you. <laughs> The other thing is, uh, Les is uh, Gideon. You guys got a taste of that Sunday. He was the uh, president of the Gideons in Wyoming. Went to um, state convention, and the lady came up and said, we'd like to nominate you for chaplain. I, oh, oh, I got teenagers at home. I'm uh, secretary of the town, and... We travel all over the state for Gideons. There's no way I can put that in my bucket. She said, okay, we're, we're required to ask you before we nominate it. I thought, okay. Went to bed and couldn't go to sleep. And about 4 o'clock in the morning, I said, okay, God, but I can't do this. Hmm. Anyway, I didn't go back and tell that lady that I told God, okay. <laughs> So I thought I was covered. Anyway, someone else nominated me. You guys do not know what you're doing. Wow. So I went home and I got a 
book and sat down in my chair and said, okay, what do we do? Through me, he developed Wyoming's preaching. Through me, we have 457 people that email goes out to every night mm -hmm. in Clearview. That's not me. How many know? people? 457 wow. every night. We have people all over Oklahoma, um, South Carolina, that have not asked to be removed. Now, I don't know how many of you read the prayer sheet or the devotion. That's not me. That's God saying, right. that'll be a really good one. Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's how that all developed, wow. just from... Okay. <laughs> anyway, it's not me. It's just my, my being submissive and my being obedient. Mm -hmm. And that has benefited me. I have a blended family that has more problems than probably all of you to put together. <laughs> and God has developed my faith through those problems. Absolutely. And he's also developed my obedience mm -hmm. through those problems. Mm -hmm. And that's all I got to say. Does anybody have a question for Miss Sally? Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, can I ask you one just to leave those here? And then if anybody, it's if you do have time, you should come look at these books. It made me cry. Yes, ma'am. Something probably I thought he needed. <laughs> That's probably that day I okay. thought he needed those. Fruit yeah. of the Spirit, it looks like. Yeah. I can't even, I don't even see it, but I'm sure it's... Productivity? He must okay. have been lazy that day. It's right here. <laughs> oh, oh well, this that one. Page. Okay. Would I add something there? Oh, no. Okay. Awesome. Well, I wrote, thank you. Oh, I see it. Love, joy, peace, patience. Oh, yeah, That's those right. are. And I have, like, um, I don't think I did that one. I, I say, holy Lord God, so a lot of times it's HLG. Mm. I figure that covering the bases on all the. Now you can just draw pictures. <laughs> <laughs> just draw that crown. So there's a lot of shortcuts. There's mm. uh, TY would be thank you. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's in there. But I see what uh, she's yeah, meaning. I do too now. Yeah. Yeah. Let me get that back to Susan. Wasn't this, did y'all, well, I guess I don't need two microphones. I'm, just, I'm still trying to do two microphones. Um, wasn't this great to hear these different, um, I, I really think that prayer is, is like intimacy with your partner, your husband. You know, we don't usually talk about those things. And so this is very intimate and it looks different for every single person because you have you should have a relationship with your Lord, with your God, with the Spirit. And so he leads you and, and does things. So that is one thing I want to say. Don't sit there today going, oh, I'm not like Sally. I'm not like Amy. I'm not like Debbie, whatever. That, that's, that's not your relationship. You need to develop your relationship with the Lord in prayer. And don't underestimate um, the power of prayer. And I just can't thank you enough. And I'm going to start praying that you'll speak before I go back to Colorado. <laughs> to woman to woman. I want to hear her. Like, what did I say? Te Colorado, Texas. Texas. Thank you so much. Um, 
Anything else you want to share? It's on no, your heart. Just use it as an idea for you. Mm -hmm. This was uh, my sister-in-law's um, workbook. What do you call that? Susan, the daily, but she kept her. Yeah. So when she was going to throw it away, I just confiscated it. They, like I said, the pictures w was an idea from somebody else. I keep all kinds of stuff in here. I, sh I should. You'll see. It. It's just awesome. You really should come and see it. Um, it's, let me read you this one. She's got quick. names of the family in here. Yeah. This is our family. This is the one I wanted to read it to you. Go ahead. Um, this is all the family, and I put Jesus' blood on, on them. All I have to do is write this name. And then some of these... Um, May the grace and peace to you from the Father, Son, and, and those are Bible verses that I pray, maybe, what do you call it? Generically on mm -hmm. all, but the Bible verses is for. Mm -hmm. uh, let me read you this one I love. It's Mother mm -hmm. Teresa. She's my hero. Mm -hmm. People are often unreasonable and self-centered. Mm -hmm. Forgive them anyway. If you're kind, people may accuse you of being of alternative motives. Be kind anyway. If you're honest, people may cheat you. Be honest anyway. If you find kindness, people may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today may be forgotten tomorrow. Amen. Do good. Give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough. Give your best anyway. For you see, in the end, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. Awesome. <laughs> yes, ma'am? I have a quote by Mother Teresa that I just gave to Debbie this morning, and she said, you don't have to be successful, you just need to be faithful. And mm -hmm. that is what God's speaking Did y'all all hear that? You don't have to be faithful, just successful. Yes, Amy? Good grief. I had a birthday since I came. My brain is gone. Mercy. Pray for my brain. Now you're going to Colorado. and I'm going yeah. to Colorado. Well, I love, I, I love, love everything that you shared. I just do. It reminds me of the fervent prayer of a righteous woman yes. avails much. And fervency is scheduled, organized, visual, mm. oral, mental, scriptural, regular. I mean, it's not just a haphazard prayer. It's not just a crisis prayer. It's a daily habit of prayer. That's the fervency that brings us to the effectiveness. Mm. And then we're starting a new series about miracles. And Jesus said, you have not because you ask mm. not and this is a way that we can ask more. And I love the idea of making like a photo album for your family with the pictures and the prayer. That's beautiful. I think that's great. So the series on... I still don't need this other microphone. The series... The series on miracles... <laughs> the series on miracles will be at our church on Sundays. That's the new series that Zach will be doing. And we will pick the women's study up again. Not next week. Unfortunately, it's the, or fortunately, it's the Victorian tea. And so we never have our Bible study on that day. And so we'll start two weeks from today a series on Ephesians. And it will be a lecture series. And we're going to do a chapter a week. Oh! 
uh, pray for me as I study and prepare for that. And um, um, so pray for me. And um, yes, ma'am. It's going to be six weeks. So I'm going to do a chapter a week. It'll be like going to a Chinese buffet and eating all you can eat in 20 minutes or something like that. I hope you're not having I'm not, so that's pretty good. I think so far so good. Bobby, did you have something? Well, hopefully there's a sign-up sheet, and we'd like you to sign up just so we know how, how much to set up. Yes, did y'all hear that? Sign up so we know how much to, how many to set up for and if you need child care. Um, and I, I want Janelle to say something, just one second. I want to uh, tell y'all something. Well, let me let Janelle say, and then we'll see if we have time, and I'll, I'll tell you. So Janelle has a quick Tell us in a few minutes. Uh, she has contacts in Thailand. So, oh, yes. first of all, I just wanted to say I am so thankful that Sid and I moved here. Mm. We have loved being in this church, and I have especially been blessed by being with all of mm. you mm. and hearing all your lessons and and seeing your prayer requests on emails and the devotions at the bottom. I haven't read all of them. <laughs> but I have something very special to share with you about Thailand. I, some of you may know, my youngest son is a superintendent of a Christian school in Chiang Rai. He and his Thai adopted boy. They were here this summer. They've been here on furlough. They have been inside that cave. Mm. But not when the rainy season was. <laughs> he emailed me this last week and said they had just gotten back home. They left uh, July 2nd and they had just gotten back home. And he said there was a group of Christians that went to a stadium in Chiang Rai or Maasai, I can't remember where it was, there were about a thousand Christians that prayed for these boys in the cave. Amen. Now, all of you know they have all been taken out, but I got something this morning that told me about something special. One of the boys is from a Christian family and his parents were there at the entrance and there were Christians surrounding them every single day praying for them. Now the news doesn't tell about that. The news tells about all the Buddhist things that were happening and everything. But I want you to know there is a big Christian community in that part of northern Thailand. Mm. And they were surrounding those parents and praying for those boys. And I believe that God answered those prayers. Amen. Amen. But I am all over the world. Yes. Right. But I am asking you, please continue to pray that God will be glorified in that country and more people will come to know him. Amen. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Oh, wow. Aren't we glad? Do y'all do y'all have a few minutes for me to share a couple things? Do we have just a, a couple minutes? Um, about prayer, we've talked about 
in organized fashion and journaling and our notes and I, I love that I'm organized I love it but I also want to encourage you if you feel a burden are you are your think have you ever thought about somebody um, I, I'll give you an example I thought of a woman named Betty Kellum this was about 10 years ago I, I the last time I saw her was five so I just turned 66, so about 56 years of age, I thought of Betty Kellum that I hadn't seen in over 50 years. I mean, isn't that odd? And I thought of her, do we need to stop? Is there something? No, that's just, okay. that's just my twisted prayer man. Um, <laughs> but I kept thinking of her, and God has taught me, and this is what I want to share with you. If you keep, ha I mean, to think of a random person is probably random, but if that keeps coming to your mind, it might be that God wants you to, God wants you to pray for that person. And so I said, well, God, I don't have a clue how to pray for Betty Kellum, but I'm going to assume you keep bringing her to my mind since this has been about two weeks to pray for her. So I just prayed general prayers for Betty, that God would give her peace, that God would bless her, help her, encourage her, etc. A year later, I'm at a garage sale, and I run into Betty Kellum. I didn't even know she was alive, honestly, when I was praying that prayer. And we started talking, and I just felt led. I said, Betty, this, this might be really weird, and you might think I'm about crazy, but a year ago, about this time, I couldn't forget that I just kept thinking about you, and it would not go away, so I started praying for you. And she burst into tears, and she said, oh my gosh, Debbie, I was going through cancer treatments, and I so needed encouragement and help. So I, I don't want you to ever underestimate these burdens and go, oh, what's that? Well, just consider that a call to pray, perhaps. There's another really great story I'm going to share very quick, same kind of thing. And this is actually, it's not a story I've heard third hand. I've at first heard it third or fourth hand probably and thought, oh, I don't know if that's really true. Then I realized it's actually a woman here in Buena Vista. It happened at her church. So I'd love to tell it because it's, it's from first hand. But she's, here's the story. There was a missionary in some country, I don't remember. His habit every two weeks was to go into town and it involved money. I don't know what that was, but he either deposited money or withdraw, drew money. I don't know which. A group of men on one of those trips had decided to uh, attack him, kill him, and steal the money. And so, um, but they didn't that week. The next week, next two weeks later, he comes back, does the same thing, and one of those men came up to him and said, um, and he spent the night under a tree every night that, you know, had his sleeping bag. And so he, um, this man came up to him, the and two weeks later and said, I just have to confess, brother, a group of us, we're going to kill you and take your money. And I, I just, God has so convicted me and I just want you to pray for me. And I want you to forgive me. And he said, well, I'm just curious. Why didn't you kill me? Why didn't you take my money? He said, well, there were seven men guarding you. And again, I don't know the number of men. I'm going to say seven. It could have been five or nine. I don't remember that part. And so now here's the, here's the rest of that story. Okay. That missionary went to his church. This is the woman telling me the story. Just like it clear of you. Okay, come up, Carolyn, tell us your, you know, things in this country. And so the man gets up and starts saying and told the story I just told you. And so all of a sudden an elder stood up and he said, Okay, would every elder that met me at church on and he asked, What day was that? And he let's just make a day July seventeenth. He said, every elder that met me at the church on July 17th, would you please stand up? And there were seven at the exact number of the men slash angels guarding this man. And 
the elder told the story that he was playing golf and he got the burden. Just like I'm telling you, those strange things like, what, what, why am I thinking of so-and-so as a missionary in another country? And he was so burdened, he stopped playing golf. He texted or called all the elders and said, whoever can meet me, we've got to pray for brother so-and-so right now. Meet me at church, whoever can meet me. Seven people showed up and they prayed earnestly, not knowing what the burden was, but having the burden to pray. And God guarded him with seven angels. Now, that's, isn't that just unbelievable? So my point in telling you those stories is we have organized fashion in our notes, and we should, and we should be faithful. But don't ignore some of these burdens that God might lay on your heart. I've had a million. I could tell you so many stories. Um, but pray. Bottom line, let's be women that pray. Let's be women that ask God to speak to us. Let's ask God to be women that are burdened for his will to be done in the, in the world so that we can pray for his will to be done. And um, I just want to thank you all. Please pray for me as I prepare these uh, lessons on Ephesians. I'm so excited to get to do that. So let's just close in prayer. Lord, uh, I, I just can't thank you enough. Again, I say it again and again. Thank you for the privilege of prayer. It is such a privilege such a gift to know that our Creator hears us and answers us, and that the Holy Spirit burdens us uh, with groanings too deep. Um, Lord, it's, it's amazing. Let us be the feet and hands of Jesus uh, today, and um, may our words and our ways and our works glorify you greatly and bring about your kingdom and your will on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Amy and Sally. Yes. Yes.